Welcome to season two. We're back and we're upping the ante as we explore topics of triumph, major setbacks, vulnerability, authenticity, and audacity. For this season, I will host inspirational female guests in a raw and free-flowing fashion. In this episode, you'll meet Tirza Lopez. Tirza was injured in 2016 during a traumatic ski accident which left her completely paralyzed from the waist down. As she now goes through life on wheels, Tirza, who goes by the alias Felina Tiger, shares her inspirational story of perseverance. She has a goal to be a role model for women in wheelchairs, and her ambition is to make the world somehow a little bit better. Enjoy the season, follow us, subscribe, and leave a review on Apple, Google, and Spotify podcasts. Follow us on Instagram and visit our site at drivingambition.life. Let's get started. Tirza, it's an absolute honor to have you on the Driving Ambition podcast to kick off our second season. Welcome. Thank you very much. I'm very honored to be on your podcast. (laughs) I know it has been a while. Um, And so I think for me, this is super um, rewarding. I'm recording this on my birthday. And so this is definitely uh, not just, um, uh, you know, in view of my birthday, but also it's just an overall rewarding experience. I think you and your story are so inspirational and it's really important that others hear your story and the impact that you're looking to drive. Um, Speaking of driving, I immediately thought of you even when I thought of the podcast and I had messaged you because we kept in touch uh, over these years and I'll get into that. But I appreciate you being so supportive even when this whole podcast thing was an idea. So thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm very glad that you're doing this. Bring all these people together and hearing all the different stories. Absolutely, absolutely. And so with yourself and, and for context for those listening, we met, was it three years ago? Four years ago? It was four years ago. Um, yeah, we met in Amsterdam at the Vox Hotel. So thank you for reminding me of that. And it was September of 16. Um, and for those that haven't been to that particular bar or Amsterdam, this, this spot actually attracts a lot of young and creative people within the city. And there's an epic panoramic view of Amsterdam. And uh, when we had met, we um, exchanged contact info um, and we've always kept in touch. And when we met, so that was September. And, uh, you know, we had kept in touch, exchanged contact info. Uh, we followed each other on Instagram. And then that December is, is when you had the, the ski accident. I'm sure we'll, we'll definitely discuss that. But I wanted to start with the here and now and as we look forward. So your digital brand identity goes by Felina Tiger, Tirza. So who is Felina Tiger? Well, uh, my nickname is Tiger. And I guess at that time I was looking for a username and I typed in Felina and it worked. So I was just very happy because it's not easy to find the right username. And well, I didn't have any plans back then, but after I got my accident and started sharing my story, 
this name became a thing. So it's kind of my online identity, my alias or whatever you want to call it. And yeah. No, for sure. The, um, I think when we first, uh, when you first agreed to kind of finally hop on the podcast and, you know, certainly this has been a, a wild, you know, five weeks for me. Uh, but I was absolutely so surprised to see how much, uh, you know, you've been blogging and vlogging and all of that. I think um, I just was going off of my own, um, just knowing you. So it's great to kind of see um, all of your, not just digital properties, but also how you're communicating through different mediums uh, through this kind of alter ego or identity. Let's kind of touch on your experience from the accident. I was just kind of curious, you know, having experienced the actual ski accident itself, when was that moment when that kind of light flicked off for you where you were like, okay, I now have a, a new purpose here and I want to set an example for uh, women or females with disabilities. Um, so I had my accident uh, in December. I ended up in a hospital in Spain. I was laying there for a month before I could go back to Holland. That's where I'm from. So, um, And I ended up there in the hospital and then in rehab. And, you know, I had a lot of time to think when I was laying in a hospital bed and I was looking for answers because I just had a traumatic accident which damaged my spine and I couldn't feel my legs anymore. And, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of process what's going on and you're putting, you're being put on meds. So I was high on morphine and the whole world just fell apart and I was looking to make sense out of it, what was happening and how, how am I going to get through this um, situation? And after a few months, you start to look for examples because I think that's what people do. They try to look for, I don't know, inspiration, I guess. And that, what, that was something that I was doing. I googled uh, women in wheelchair, I don't know, wheelchair models, just examples. I couldn't find much. And if I look at my life back then, I didn't really know a lot of people who were in wheelchairs. Maybe I met some, a few. Mm -hmm. but I didn't really know what it meant. And when I was in that situation, I couldn't find much. So I couldn't find inspiration or, well, you know, not much anyway. So um, I just kept thinking to myself like, okay, how can I contribute to this when I come out? And these were just a few thoughts that I had. And at that time, I was just um, trying to write down what I was experiencing. So I put my thoughts on paper. So I, and I put it on Facebook because I wanted the people that were in my environment around me, I wanted them to know that I was all right, but mm -hmm. I was having a hard time. So I tried to put that in text and just share that. And I, I wasn't really, um, I didn't have enough energy to 
you know, go through all the WhatsApp messages because people were, you know, they were hearing about it and message, messaging me, but uh, it was a lot. So I thought if I just put it out there, you can read about it and that's fine. I'm not going to contact you guys right now because I'm dealing with too much. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very young. I, I mean, well, very young. <laughs> I was 26. I just graduated. I was doing modeling. I was very fit. I went to the gym six days a week, two hours, um, and did yoga. I was, I was very fit and I knew what I wanted. I graduated. I thought, okay, I have a plan. I'm going to find a great fashion company, work there. And, you know, I had goals. Um, but then, yeah, everything just fell apart. So also my dreams and my ambitions, I didn't know what to do. And um, so I was looking for inspiration. If I think back, it's really hard sometimes. Mm -hmm. I really try to go back um, to those moments. I was just very alone in it because nobody understands what you're going through. Mm -hmm. And you have no examples. So I just felt there was a hole there, like, and I want, I want to fill that hole. I want to do something. I, I want to contribute to a more positive look on people who are wheelchair users, who are paralyzed, who have some form or, of paralysis, of paralysis. In that way, I am ambitious. Even if I was laying there in the hospital bed, I was thinking about these things. That's absolutely moving at what point did you connect the dots and then you're like, okay, this is what I see in terms of there being an issue. This is my new reality. This is what I'm going to do about it. At what point did you decide that? I can't remember the point. I I just started doing it. I just started sharing my own story. I experienced how people were reacting to the fact that I became paralyzed and I couldn't walk anymore. Um, people around me, my family, my friends, some people were not getting in touch at all. Some people a lot, and they came out of nowhere, basically. So there were so many different reactions. And for me, it was completely new and also for the people around me. But I just saw that here's an opportunity. I can do something with this. I don't know if it just clicked or happened. I don't think so. It was a process. Maybe it came to my mind a few times, but I wasn't very serious about it because I had so much going on. But uh, after I came out of rehab, I had no work. Uh, I, I didn't have a job. So what I was doing was trying to recover, but also trying to do the small daily things in life that were supposed to be normal. But at that point, they took a lot of effort to get things done. Mm-hmm. And um, besides that, I wanted to move forward. And for me, that was also the sharing the blogs, like small pieces of text, they became bigger. Uh, I started posting pictures on my Instagram to just show that I'm, I'm not ashamed of what happened to me, but I am aware of what's going on and I, want to make something good out of it because it's a horrible situation but i wanted to create something positive here 
And I felt very strong and weak at the same time. So I was just trying to get that message across somehow. Yeah, and that's something that I noticed uh, as well as being someone who has followed you over that period of time before and after. Um, and what I find so incredible and I think absolutely you should be so proud of is that kind of, it was it on the outside looking in, it looked like a quick turnaround. And I, you know, once you go from your previous content to the new content, um, it, it is absolutely remarkable how you were able to, within a short time frame, it, uh, you know, on the outside looking in, you know, start to find your voice and, I was just kind of curious, you talked about the reaction that you were receiving earlier on when you were starting to find your voice by way of your talent in writing and amongst the other talents that you have, what was the reaction that you were starting to receive and then how did that kind of impact or motivate you to want to continue to communicate further? So when I started sharing my own story, I got messages from people all around the world and especially young women who were in similar situations. Um, I remember this girl from Africa and she was texting me like, how are you doing this? Like, I don't know how to get through because I'm still in school and people are not talking to me. I feel lonely, I feel scared, I feel depressed. And um, I was talking to her and I realized that, <laughs> yeah, nobody understands you if they don't, aren't, if they are not in a similar situation. So that's when I realized I have to go through with it and I, I can actually help people with this maybe. I thought this was a good way to keep sharing my story, to inspire others and show other women that life isn't over. And maybe I'm strong, but not everybody is strong uh, at the beginning and they have to find other ways to, to get there. And I wanted to be an example for that because I, I know I already was in a way, but that's very moving when you get messages from yeah, I feel especially for other women because it's different than for men also. Mm -hmm. uh, as, as a woman, you are already more vulnerable. And when you end up in a wheelchair, you feel twice that. And also the identity that you had and that you have to be a sexual being. And there, there's a big switch in that. And... Um, I really hope I can help people just by sharing my story, what I experience, and then so on. It has to have a, a good influence somewhere, somehow. I don't know, I don't have a, a perfect, clear vision of it, but I know that I can do something here just by starting like this. So inspirational, absolutely. In your blog, you write about three things, Tirza, um, that you learned in living with a disability. And you describe three things. So one is that bureaucracy is hell. Yes. Second is that you need to educate the people about disabilities. And the third is that the most important thing is health. 
And so of those, um, I just wanted to kind of narrow our attention towards number two around awareness. What should people be mindful of or aware of when it comes to disabilities and people with disabilities? Well, I can only talk from the disability that I have because there are so many different disabilities. Um, I mean, you have people who are blind, you have wheelchair users, but you also have people who have some kind of disease or uh, cancer. And there's so many ways to get or turn out to be disabled. And um, in general, I think people should ask before assuming because people assume that you can't do things. And that's what I get very tired of. Mm -hmm. Maybe they should start asking first before just, you know, people walk up to me and they start pushing my wheelchair while I'm all alone in the street. I'm fully independent. I can do it myself, but they just think that I can't. So people are willing to help, but they don't ask what kind of help they need. And I think that's, that's something that able people should be aware of and i know that people in wheelchairs they look different but we aren't i mean every person out there has some craziness to them you know and mm -hmm. you can see it on the outside and some people are mentally ill but you don't see it and you know when you're in a wheelchair people can see that something is wrong well you can't walk so but maybe that's the only thing so i guess that people sh just sh should show more interest in the person and I, I i do understand um it's very scary to approach someone who's in a wheelchair because it's your biggest fear nobody wants to end up in a wheelchair it seems people think that your life is over but it's not so, and I'm an example of that. Absolutely. What's the, I suppose the right way that people should approach you with either questions or with offers to help? It depends on what kind of help and what kind of answers, but if you're in the street, just greet a person in a wheelchair, like you would greet your neighbor, just say, hey, don't act weird. Just try to act natural like it's any other person. Yeah. Because you will make it weird for yourself and the other person. And you create a distance by not treating the person equal. So uh, when it comes to, uh, if, you, if you would like to ask more specific questions to a person may, that you might know or a friend who is in a wheelchair, I think just sit down and when it's an appropriate time, not in a bus or something, just, you know, create a safe space to say like, hey, you know, I got these questions. I don't want to be rude, but I was wondering. And right. if it's the way you approach someone and I, I, I don't have a, <laughs> well, I can talk for myself. I don't have a problem with answering questions. I'm very open about things. Mm -hmm. and but it really depends on how i get approached so and it sounds as though the 
blogs that you have, the vlogs that you have are um, also a form of communication. And it sounds as though in my right and understanding, like, Hey, this is my rep. This is, this could be your reference point, other person, you know, look at your contact and that effectively you using your skills, many skills, but in this regard, your ability to assemble uh, and write content in English and then record it and edit it. Cause you're doing all this stuff yourself, right? Yes. <laughs> it's a lot of work, but I'm trying to do it all. So I Unbelievable. start just writing small pieces. I turn it into a website with a blog. I started to do the, the vlog video thing and I do everything myself. Yes. It's a lot of work, but I'm very happy to do it. I enjoy doing it. And I think it's important uh, also for myself because I learn a lot by doing this and I see that it has a positive effect on my environment. So I feel people are reacting positive and I'm just going to keep doing it. I love it. What are you doing now um, just from a professional standpoint and what did you study in school? I studied um, textile engineering. So I have my bachelor in science. And when I became paralyzed, I actually started my master as well in textile engineering. But I had to stop because um, it was like a full-time study. And my body couldn't, just doesn't want to cooperate. So uh, 20 hours a week is enough for me to, to work or study. So um, I unfortunately had to stop because I was just pushing my body to limits and it wasn't really good for my health. So that was very unfortunate, but I was like, okay, I tried it. I know I can, but maybe this is not the way I should be continuing. So then uh, I found a job and I have a job now in marketing. It's not what I studied for, but I'm happy to do it for now. And in the meanwhile, I just, I'm going to continue what I'm doing and hopefully I can create something like a business of my own. Yeah. And we see the early makings of that. You know, I think something that resonated was many things, but I think what you said around uh, it just being taxing on your body uh, in terms of pursuing the, the educational aspect or your master's in your view, how can companies or educational institutions be much more inclusive with people with disabilities? Well, it depends on the country you live in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but a building should be accessible. That's one. If the design of a building isn't accessible, you're not welcoming. That's one. So the environment should be accessible. And the second is that companies should hire people with disabilities. In my experience, people want to, but they don't. I don't know exactly where that problem lays. Like, it's complicated, but, you know, it's so far integrated in, in society. Like, you don't see many people on television, in the media, in movies, and... People don't feel responsible to hire someone in a wheelchair. Maybe they could do the job better than your, your walking employee, but you don't think about that. And 
It really depends on the industry that you are working in as well. But I think companies should be definitely, doesn't matter where you are, uh, where the company is located, but they should be accessible. Like if you have visitors or employees, they should be able to go to an accessible bathroom. They should be entering the building by themselves. If you have stairs everywhere, not helping anyone. So um, if yeah. companies are always talking about inclusion and diversity, but they don't seem to follow through and it's really a shame. I think that people, it should be, there should be a law and maybe on every hundred employees that a company has, at least one should have a disability. Mm -hmm. And I know in Spain there are companies or and I've seen an example, like there's a hotel and they have 80% of the people working there and they are all disabled, but then you put the people in a group and you put them together and you, it doesn't help with inclusion and diversity. It should be spread everywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you figure out the name of that, I would love to look that up and, or include that in the show notes. I am Canadian. So uh, people with disabilities is a protected group, one of our uh, diverse groups. And I also work in tech and um, people with disabilities is actually an employee resource group that I've signed up for. And so for anyone who's listening that is an employer, you know, I hope that they hear your message and our message here in that, you know, accessibility is absolutely part of the inclusion story that should be a very rudimentary requirement. So this absolutely resonates. Uh, the other thing that I have in my head as well is just a heightened level of appreciation. I work in the, well, pre-pandemic, I worked in the Empire State Building in New York City. And I think a lot of us, especially with as being busy New Yorkers in the Empire State Building, but take for granted that, you know, while there are so many elevator shafts, there's, uh, there is access for people in wheelchairs. And I think we take that for granted because it's the, the biggest door that swings open and you press a button uh, and it's, it's much easier, but, you know, it's easier for everyone. Everybody enjoys it. Right. In my apartment building, I'm the only one who has a disability. And my neighbors love the fact that the doors go open automatically. It's better for everyone. Thank you for, for sharing that advice and, and something that I think many should invest in in terms of their own self-education and the desire to improve. In terms of advice, so you know, let's turn it back to those with disabilities and, and or just in general, people who have endured experienced setbacks. What advice do you have for others who are either recovering uh, or are living with a disability or just in general are experiencing major setbacks or perceptions of major setbacks? Well, again, it's very hard because all disabilities are different. So I can, I'm willing to talk to the people who are similar situations like I was in or am in. Mm -hmm. I think it's really important that you don't feel shamed of what happened to you or what is happening to you. Disability, being, becoming disabled can happen to everyone at any time, anywhere on this planet. And I think you should be proud and strong by having to go through all this. It's not easy. 
um, but it's not impossible to to continue living. And I'm very glad that, that I am paralyzed, but it's only my leg, so I can still move my arms. So I'm very happy with that. So I can still do a lot of things and my head is okay. But don't accept that you are not being accepted in this world. Um, the world is not going to change. You will have to make a change. Such a great message. And I think you should be proud and I think that you are strong and I'm proud to have you as a friend. Thank you. <laughs> How can people find you? I have my blog on my website. It's uh, tigerlopez.com. Uh, you can also check out my YouTube, my Instagram by the name Felina Tiger. Yeah, so go check it out. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll include those links in the show notes. Before we end the episode, something that we're doing differently for this season is asking a very specific question, but pertaining to ambition. And so what does the word ambition mean to you? Well, that's a hard one. <laughs> um, uh, ambition means not giving up on your dreams and creating something for yourself look i don't know what i'm gonna do next i don't like i said i don't have a clear vision on where i'm going but i know i'm going forward and maybe i will write a book maybe i will ending up taking some acting classes i have no idea but i want to create something so ambition for me is uh, yeah, basically, basically going forward and making the best of it. Absolutely yeah. inspirational. I think your message uh, and those listening can easily connect with this. And I encourage everybody to think differently about their ambition, to think differently around how uh, we can be much more of an inclusive world. And Tirza, thank you so much for helping to kick off this season and your friendship means a lot to me. Your inspiration means a lot to me and I'm sure it means a lot to everybody listening and your own platform. Thank you very much. And I'm sure that this helps to get, spread the message. And I'm very glad that you are creating this opportunity for, for me and other people who are on your podcast. So um, I'm also very inspired by your drive. And uh, thank you.